Welcome to the Blind Boy Podcast. You endless Brendas, you teary Kierans. Welcome. We are celebrating this week 25 million listens to this podcast. This podcast is just over two years old and 25 million listens, which I never expected. Never expected that would happen, but here we are. There's been no advertising for the podcast. I haven't plugged it. I haven't put any money into pushing it. It's all word of mouth. It's all because of ye. Listening to the podcast and suggesting it to people and suggesting it to friends and it's gone from just a little thing in Ireland to now being completely global and that's why it's got 25 million listens. So thank you so much to anyone who's enjoyed the podcast and listened to it and and told someone else about it. So to celebrate 25 million listens, I decided I would uh, show ye a live interview that I recorded a little while back with Hosier. Hosier, you know who fucking Hosier is. He's one of the biggest musical artists in the world. All right. And we had a fantastic chat. And one thing I'll say about Hosier, an incredibly compassionate and beautiful person, but most importantly, a real artist an artist to the core in the way that he views the world and himself he is an artist straight up if if you're a brand new listener right here today and you're here because of Hosier you're very welcome what's the crack how are you getting on um, when you're finished listening please consider subscribing to the podcast and, and listening to a few other of my episodes I've got loads and I think if you're a fan of Hosier you'll enjoy my podcast because Hosier is on this podcast because he's a he listens to this podcast. This is a podcast that he listens to and that's why we're chatting here today. So, thank you. Here we go. Boom. All right. Hosier. How's it going? man from Bray. What's the crack? Yeah, nothing much. All's good. All's good. Can't complain. How, how are you keeping? Um, I'm not too bad. I'm... I'm do you know what I'm doing? Do you know what I do every single day? Uh, I I, I recognise that uh, b- being alive contains a certain amount of suffering. Yeah. It's inevitable. <laughs> and once I do that, then I'm kind of okay, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I That's a good that's a good way to, to, to look at it. I have been, um, not for this reason. Now, I just, I've ju- I, I'm doing it because of other reasons and my friends are into it. But I... I used to, I love swimming, but I've been swimming, trying to keep it up through as the weather gets colder. Yeah. And, um, and part of that is if, if you not even suffer, but just experience the discomfort of it. And uh, you're talking about jumping into the freezing cold water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I can understand that. Yeah. And then, and, and know that that discomfort isn't going to kill you, you know, and, uh, you, you're kind of you're hesitant at first and then for the rest of the day you feel just that little bit more capable you know you see you're lucky because you're up there near the coast that's it yeah and so I, I have a similar enough thing with my life where so instead of jumping into the ocean to experience that that cold mm-hmm. I'd go for a run in the freezing rain because it's it's limerick you know yeah yeah I actually I tried so the one thing I do have access to is a shadow river and I once tried to like copy the people up in Bray. And go, <laughs> Fuck it, man! You know I'm gonna get cold inside in this this yeah. river. Yeah. I ended up. So I, what I did is I started. I I didn't have the courage to completely go into the water. 
So what I did is on, as, as on part of my run, because I'm trying, I'm trying to suffer, like yeah. you're saying. Yeah. When you get up in the morning and you're drenched wet and you're freezing cold and you're experiencing physical discomfort, mm-hmm. but just at the limit, mm-hmm. it, it wakes you up. It makes you appreciate things. And it means as well that not much can stress me in the rest of my day if I've just ran for an hour in the freezing cold. Yeah, 100%. But I did, started doing press-ups on the river, right? Okay, yeah. And then I ended up getting this very unique fungus on my hand. <laughs> you can only get from doing press-ups on a fucking riverbed. And it's like shit that Vikings used to get, you know, <laughs> from hanging around riverbeds. So that that put an end to my... I was just itchy, itchy on both hands. Anytime you've got... A, an ailment and it's on equal sides of your body yeah you kind of go right yeah. something's up here yeah, yeah so yeah it turns out I was fucking big pretentious prick <laughs> down doing press-ups on the river trying to fucking make spiritual contact with an otter <laughs> you know it's fascinating how did you find out did you look it up or did you get it tested I had to go to a doctor sure. I had to go to a doctor and poor man it was, I was just like my, my hands are unbelievably itchy and it's localised entirely around my palms right and then he says to me are you doing any fishing? Right. I said, I don't have interest in fishing, but I have been doing press-ups on a riverbed. And then he started roaring laughing. I said, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you caught this off a riverbed. <laughs> so that put an end to it, you know? Yeah. But, so there, I don't think there's much, I don't think there's great health benefits in jumping around rivers. But there is, there is health benefits up in, like you're jumping into the salt water. Like you, you, yeah. Do you wear a wetsuit now? Do you wear a wetsuit? I don't. The most, the most I have invested into is, um, because the pain on the far side of the swim is, is the worst part. So it, it's not even pain, it's just so, like... So what do you do? You you jump into the ocean? Pretty much. I actually, where I, there's a walk-in, there is areas where I could jump off the rocks, but I would walk, just walk in off the, off the shore. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I think you just brace yourself. You try to prep the body for the shock. And then the most I've invested in is um, wetsuit boots. So, yeah. And it's just so that there's a rubber sole on coming out of the you water. You don't want, yeah, that the stuff on the, your feet, man. The stones just, yeah. It's, when you're that cold, that's, that's, you're hypersensitive. So you're, you're uh, and that's a luxury, you know, that I just leaned into recently. So uh, I, I don't come from a culture of jumping into, we'll say, the ocean because like that's it's a brave thing. Yeah. <laughs> I do know what it feels like to go into freezing cold water and do you know when it feels like your chest is being hit with a mallet? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you ever get used to that? Is that always something that you have to prep yourself every morning? The sh- yeah, the shock is always, it's never not cold, if, if you get me. And uh, it, it, it's a, it is wild because you feel your whole kind of body tighten and you can kind of feel your, mm-hmm. your internal organs going into, just going, you know, just going... Uh, I don't know, just kicking into overdrive. You can kind of feel uh, the blood flow differently and stuff like that. So, and that is a rush, and there's an, a spike of adrenaline and a spike. Yeah, of what are you chasing? What's the what's the the dragon that you're chasing there? I, I think it is. I think it is adrenaline. I, the way I would I would view it, and I was gonna just say about running. Why I have such so much more admiration for actually for what you're doing, like running in in cold weather. There, there is you can stop at any point when you're running. When you're, yeah. when you're, you know what I mean? So it, you, there, it, there requires a conscious decision. I'm going to continue. I'm going to push through this, especially that first five minutes of a run. Oh yeah, that's not pleasant. It's not yeah. pleasant at all. Whereas once, like, 
that it's it's the kind of it's a cheating man's way of, of achieving that mindful uh i'm in my body now uh experience you know and i think uh, because once you jump in the water getting out of it is 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 unthinkable because it especially if there's wind the water actually currently as well too in the mornings um is of a of, of a higher temperature than the actual especially you get up and so you morning. achieve a comfort so you're now in the water and your body is surrounded by this free, freezing water but there's a there's a comfort there and outside the water is is more harrowing 100% especially in the wind um so you're, the water is actually warmer than the wind chill and it's but so once you're in it's like the endorphins have hit the adrenaline hits immediately after after a few seconds yeah. so and then you're just splashing around having a nice time enjoying the light on the water and you're feeling very present and you're feeling very alert and you're feeling very grateful i have to say it's a, you feel very connected yeah and um, so i think it's the easy man's way of achieving what the, the the five minute ten minute i think you run something like 10k you i do I, I do 10k i do like um an hour and what i'm searching for is it's it's horrible at the start. I don't know how you do it. It's it's I'm I'm used to doing it. I I it, it man. I just get a very present, mindful, yeah thing at about twenty minutes in, mm-hmm. and you know it's one of these things where it's like technically I'm 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 hurting myself. I'm putting my body through pain. Yeah, but it just I I, I feel alive. I mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. the type of alive. That I used to take for granted when I was a child. Yeah. When you're a child, you feel like that all the time when you're right. hopping with energy. Yeah. You know, you think back to when you were a child and just the, the amount of things you would do in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember remember being like six and you, you have to run to the shop. Yeah. 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 What the fuck is that like? <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine now? Yeah. I want sweets. I'm, I'm running. Sprinting. You used yeah. to run everywhere. Yeah. Like, well, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Run? No, no one's telling you to do it. It's just... I must run. Yeah, totally. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to revisit a bit of that because that then, for my well-being, for my mental health, if Mm. I have a bit of that in my day, the little things, the things that I interpret as suffering but aren't, um, an annoying email, a shitty comment online, some work that I have to do that I don't really want to do. Yeah. These things are now manageable because I've just ran in the freezing cold rain this mm-hmm. morning yeah. and I have this wonderful sense of completion and achievement that I had in the morning and, and now I'm capable, I'm, I'm functional. If I don't do it, mm-hmm. if I... The, the opposite of getting up for a run for me is staying in bed and just looking at my phone. Yeah, yeah. If I, if yeah. I do that, man, I'm not going to have a good day. Yeah, you're not the wrong. The smallest tasks w- will seem impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know, so, so I suppose that's why I do it. Yeah. Um, could you imagine? One thing how, I'd li- it was go on. I was just going to say, could you imagine how much crack it would be if if adults maintained? Uh, could you imagine like just climbing on things because you think you can? Like you know, when you're six years old and you're just you have to clamber on things. Could you imagine? But that's man. Like I, I'm hugely interested in that now. Um, Carl Jung, the psychologist Carl Jung, was mm-hmm. big into that. Carl Jung used to make time in like up up until into his eighties. He would make time every single day to just get down on his knees and play with mud and sticks wow. to, so that he can access what he's calling the free child right okay and the free child is it's it's you know when you're if, if you're writing a song mm-hmm. and you get to that lovely place where you completely leave your body and you leave your mind mm-hmm. and you're existing only in the music mm-hmm. that's yeah. the free child that's that's free of ego 
free of worrying about what other people think, free of worrying about what you think about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's this wonderful land, which is for me, if I'm if I'm doing anything creative, that's what I'm chasing. Yeah. Flow, it's called. Yeah. But I try and exist as much as possible, not as much as possible. I try and make time in my day for being a free child. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is with adulthood, and it's something I'm thinking a lot about recently, sometimes we get fooled into this performance of what an adult is. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta absolutely. you got to be real, real serious. Yeah. You've got to be polite. Yeah. Um, because for me at the moment, something I'm doing at my time during quarantine is I'm making live music to video games. I've enjoyed some of this now, I have to say. I've, Did you see some I've of I've seen it? on Instagram, yeah. I've, I've seen yeah. a few clips. And yeah, to Red Dead, which is... I must meet you online at some point. I've never played yeah, Red Dead online. that'd be good crack. <laughs> yeah. We could write songs together on Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, it'd be great crack. It'd be good crack. It'll do um, but, um it's, it's fantastic. And I have to say, I, I uh, yeah, it's a great bit of crack. It's, um, thank you very much. Really enjoying it, yeah. Really enjoying it. What, what, what I'm trying to do with that is I'm trying to be free child. Mm-hmm. I'm on a video game exploring a digital wilderness with my guitar mm-hmm. trying to write things that are really really silly and I'm trying to move away from what is considered appropriate adult behaviour mm-hmm. and sometimes I get comments from people who'd be the same age as me mm-hmm. saying would you fucking grow up what, yeah. what are you doing yeah. or some people think I'm having a nervous breakdown <laughs> right. so, you know what I mean they're just the, the, the idea of a man in his 30s yeah. On the internet, writing songs about a video game is so strange to him. Yeah. And th- the only reason it's strange is that it, it flies in the face of the performance of adulthood. Yeah. yeah. We're expected to perform yeah. as adults. Yeah. And adulthood for me has nothing to do with how serious you are or how polite you are. It has to do with how well you understand your emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's adulthood for me. Do I understand my emotions? And am I not relying upon the approval of other people for my self-esteem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's a huge one. Um, that is a huge one. And I think how does that work for you now, man? Because it's it's something I wanted to ask. Like, <clears throat> um, I you're fucking you're famous now. You're fucking famous. I, oh God. You, you read about yourself in the fucking paper, it's, right? I I, can't, <sighs> I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, how does it work for your self-esteem? How, how are you supposed to become someone who is? Just trying to be compassionate, someone whose whose sense of self work comes from within, and all of a sudden now you 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 get to read about yourself in the paper. I, I, I it is tricky, um, and I don't think, I I don't think I've I've really mastered, really mastered that, and I don't think I've really spent enough time, um, sitting with it and and maybe doing the work that needs doing on that because it like it is a challenge and some days are great and some days are good and, I, mm-hmm. and some days are some days aren't you know uh, like um what what would you find particularly hurtful i don't i don't know i think uh, yeah i think it's learning to step away like the kind of comments online is is a thing that you know you you have to be aware look you're in a space where people mm-hmm. just say shit about you and mm-hmm. that is that is weird and, and it's look that's them that's and and then making the decision also for your own self and for your own health that you don't you, sh- you don't you shouldn't go looking for that and also you shouldn't mm-hmm. you shouldn't be reading it and and um so, so there's a lot of it's a, as you say like a lot of it is, is is work that you have to achieve for yourself so that you're not not deriving that self-esteem from from what other people think of you at, at times i do I think being an unknown 
and going back to being being the kind of underdog is, is a wonderful time uh, mm-hmm. because you have that freedom and you have I lo- like when I think back to what I was kind of was going through my head releasing some of the first some of the first musics it was just like a sense yeah. of freedom. I didn't think I would have an audience either way so it kind of felt like fuck it I'll, I'll, I'll do I'll do this thing I had written I had spent years in the kind of development writing songs that I thought people wanted to hear and then I started okay. writing you know but I feel like that's something like were you trying to do more poppier stuff at the start at the start possibly yeah no only because you're kind of but this is stuff i never released you know and uh Mm -hmm. and then when you say development now were you like working with labels were you someone who was considered to be in development with a label or was this something you were doing by yourself it was just something i was doing by myself i use that term it's a very industry term um yeah but i think what did i do in the early years i think I, i got a um I got a, who, who in your mind would you have liked to have sound like at that time? Like on the radio, what space would you were you trying to occupy? I didn't think I didn't think initially that let's say when we let's say what was the first single that I ever released was was Take Me to Church, which ended up being a, a, a big would ended up being being a hit. At that stage I didn't think it was gonna be like a radio song. And I think the producer also remember having a chat about it and we're going, look, here's a song that's going from three four to four four and mm-hmm. and has all these these weird angular chromatic noises in it and, and it's a it's a it's about the institutionalized Roman Catholic Church wrapped up in a song about riding. I don't think it'll 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 do well on morning radio. Um and you know it would have been fair fair enough to to assume that either but like thinking it would it would fill it fall into some sort of uh indie or alternative space i think the songwriters that i i've always admired were uh people like tom waits and yeah. huge like paul simon fan as well too and i yeah you know um i listened to what is it about tom waits what is it about about tom waits it's just a mad it's a kind of carnival mirror through which he kind of sees he kind of reflects back to the world there was there's also elements of like his kind of character songs and his and his um, exactly that's what I was going to say because for me I find comfort in character Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. I'm doing whether it's writing books or whatever I find and same with Randy Newman Randy Newman and Tom Waits for me Jesus yeah Yeah. you like Randy Newman too big time yeah big time and he's a very brave writer and again here's a man who just doesn't give a shite what people you know I think there's there's great there's like a terrifying freedom to some of his work you know what I mean Uh, in some of the in some of the the way he went about uh, like he let's is it on uh, sail away on the sail away album it's like here's a 30 second song and here's a minute yeah. and a half and there's no chorus here and it's just you know here's like god's song was a, was a big one for me oh jesus actually i can hear god's song now and take me to church yeah like yeah fucking so, hell yeah that's a fantastic song isn't it stunning stunning bit of work yeah jesus for, for people who don't know th- th- that's a song where randy newman wrote it from the point of view of god and his utter contempt for humanity <laughs> it's, it's beautiful it's mind blown. I recoil in the vileness of thee. Is the is the yeah, uh, uh, and how we all laugh up in heaven at the prayers you offer me, um, and and it ties in lovely. There's a great Tom Waits lyric says that uh, there ain't no devil. There's just God when he's drunk. Yeah, yeah, another wonderful song. And I think Tom Waits for me actually he was he was my death metal as a teenager, and I know that's okay. So he was kind of my Marlon Manson or something. If there, he was like mm-hmm. my treehouse where I'd go and it was like this weird twisted place and it was and when you're a teenager you want 
to hear that the world is a, is an awful place because you feel awful about the world and mm-hmm. you feel awful about yourself. So Tom Waits with a song like God's Away on Business. Um, yes. The first lyrics are, I, I'd sell your heart to the junk man for a book. Like it's, it's just this very twisted character who's like, there's no, he always had this, this perfect ugliness or a crookedness to his work, which I just was very unique to to his own self. He lent into the 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 traditionally what we might like the unpretty sound of his voice, and he kind of just lent into that. I think the the, the character thing. There's that too, yeah. Yeah. The character thing's fucking yeah. That's Big that's you. And, and another thing that um one thing that Randy Newman said about his own work, and when I heard Randy Newman say it, it mm-hmm. changed my view of songs. Randy Newman said he he wants to elevate songwriting to where short stories are. Right. So he's like, stop looking at my songs yeah. as songs. They're short stories with music. Yeah. And when I took that lens. Yeah. Because there's a freedom that literature has that sometimes music doesn't. No. Like yeah. if. Yeah. If, if a songwriter writes a song, you immediately assume, oh, that's about the songwriter. The songwriter, when they say I, mm-hmm. the I is the songwriter. Yeah. Whereas with a short story writer, you can write the whole thing as I. And we just understand it's not literally the author. They're yeah. just doing it in first person. 100%. And both Tom Waits and Randy Newman's work, I, I viewed them as short stories. Yeah. See, and then that gives me a freedom. Like there's a band I'm listening to now at the moment actually that I enjoy called Whitney. Have you heard Whitney? I've heard of Whitney. I think their first album I, I, I have listened to. I haven't listened to much of their, I'm not sure what they've released since, but yeah, I really They're enjoyed They're good crack. Yeah. They sound a bit like kind of America or bread. But one thing that I found interesting was they were in a couple of bands beforehand and Whitney is actually a character they've invented right. which is like a kind of a kind of a Tom Waits type character sounds like uh, just someone who wanders and drinks a lot of whiskey and that's what Whitney is it's not them I see they've created a songwriter and within that then they have this yeah. freedom to write yeah yeah David Bowie as well yeah very character based throughout his 100%. that's actually yeah. how much of Hosier is a character compared to Andy. That's that's a that'd be a, a tricky one and a, one I, I would struggle to uh, struggle to answer. I think especially on the second album, and I don't, maybe this wasn't something that I di- I didn't really convey all too much, or I, I just assumed would be picked up. But the way I, I, I viewed the second album was that every song was was a very different was a very different character or was all viewing a very sort of doom and gloom, end of the world type feeling from a very different mm-hmm. perspective. And in some of the songs, there's certain lines that reference lines from other songs and like little nods mm-hmm. to, but they're all sitting around what what I kind of described as the same kind of bonfire of our, our of our times. We're all kind of watching the world burn and we're all commenting on it or we're all trying to, and it was sort of, it, 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 I suppose, influenced by... Um, that I, how we're experiencing uh, the, the kind of tumult of the world, world through a kind of a hyper real lens, and everybody's mm-hmm. you know how everybody's kind of commenting on it. So some some of the some of the voices on that the second album were hopeful and whatever, and some were were not, and some were happy about it, about the world burning, and some certainly weren't. But um, I think there's, and I'm sure you 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 would find this also. There is a freedom in, in the character thing mm-hmm. but you do find and maybe you have a love for your creation and you have a love because you find elements of yourself and you know it's i don't know mm-hmm. if you if you're if you view your short stories or your or your books nearly like they're your children 
Yeah, but in a feeling something like that that you you love them for their for their what they try to achieve what they do achieve and what they unconditional love yeah there's a yeah. man that's a fucking beautiful way to look at art <laughs> yeah I, I I I know it sounds it might sound pretentious and sounds a bit no angry. no I understand that completely man that's a struggle for me yeah to allow your work because when you love a human when you truly love a human mm-hmm. you love all aspects of them including what they perceive to be flaws about themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just love it all absolutely and that for me is I would love to completely be at that place with my work mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah. I am un- until someone criticises it and then when I see someone criticising it yeah. I focus on that little critique listen yeah yeah. and you want like, to jettison how are you for that that fucking breaks my heart because it's like I, I love the process of creating. I love it to bits. Yeah. And then you put the work out and, and it's critiqued. Yeah. And I understand that's the game. You put yeah. work out and the work gets critiqued. That's the fucking game. Yeah. But yeah. how do you avoid, number one, the heart of it, but number two, this is the kicker. Yeah. How do you fucking avoid a, a, a negative critique of your work? How, how do you keep that out of your creative space? Because that's what will stop you creating. You know, th- th- I, I talked to... Uh uh, another musician about this. I, I, I won't. I won't mention him uh, by name. But I, I remember having a good chat with a, with a, another guy, my own age, and he was mm-hmm. like, it, "I don't think. You, I don't know how you stop yourself getting hurt by it." I think after the fact, initially, when when you when you see it, it's tough. I think. Um, I was talking to a musician. It can be potentially. Are you talking now about a bad review? Like a bad review can be tough. Yeah, it can be a tough thing to read. But it's one of those things intellectually. You, you you distance yourself from but at the same mm-hmm. time you have to if you're going to be brave about it you have to intellectually distance yourself from good reviews too but I think that's the yes you know uh, naturally now we we do our best to do that but that naturally when did you learn that because that's the one that a lot of people don't know that if if you don't want to be hurt by the bad you really can't let yourself feel good by the good I I I think I kind of naturally fell into that and I, I look this might just be tied in with the like uh, a, a healthy, a healthy lack of self-esteem, but I think you know that kind of thing where people are kind of patting you on the back when things are going well for you and complimenting you and stuff like that. I just never, mm-hmm. I never really was able to internalize uh, praise. Wow, all that well, you know. So I think, uh, so you've made low self-esteem work for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, but that's the 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 other the double the second edge of that sword is that uh, when when something comes in that's negative uh, it you already believe yeah. it and so you know or you're very quick you're very you're very quick yeah. to believe it you know so you you can it enforces in you something that you've already tried to hold on to for yourself and i i fucking missed the trick uh, you you were genius with the with the with the mask I oh, a lot of people say that to me the amount of people that who are in the public eye that say to me yeah. you fucking bastard <laughs> yeah. with that you absolutely did. Lovely, quiet pints. I can do what I want. I can queue for my own gigs. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. one knows. Oh fuck I am. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, you're thinking, thinking ahead there. It's great. Um, um, actually, yeah. How do you find that, man? Because, because you're very tall. Yeah. No, I stick out like a like a. You're like six thumb. foot three or something, aren't you? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm about six five. I think. Did they leave you alone in Bray? Um. Yeah, like usually locally, like it's 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 hello and how are you? It's it's never too bad, and I I think as time has gone on, it hasn't hasn't been too bad. I think at first when you're this rare apparition, 
Mm -hmm. and just appears it's like jesus he's there he is in a spar um you know and it's like yeah of course i have to to pop into spar or whatever it is uh for the person you know i think initially you you are just an odd apparition and and it's just the novelty of of you appearing in space and then you have to come to the it's just coming to terms with me being in spar is not a novelty uh but for them let's say you you've been wherever the heck or in that pub or in that bar or in that restaurant it's fine and I, I will say at first i found it really really difficult and it and mm-hmm. and i just kind of just pushed through it i guess and but I, I i still i think yeah i've just pushed it just it's gotten easier you know what i mean being being recognized i at first i think i was i was super self-conscious and yeah um i found that and i don't know if I just I just found that you didn't feel more it you I think I think if I was to if I was to just t- hazard a guess as to why it feels uncomfortable I think if you if you walk into a room and and everybody stares at you and they're not staring yes. out of badness but I think you instinct your in, instinctual reaction is one of being threatened or or feeling mm-hmm. alienated and feeling outside because it's not normal it's it's yeah. in, in what other situation the only other reference is like, I don't know, you, you walk into the classroom when you're five and you're after dragging dog shit in with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. when it's, because I understand that feeling too. And what, one thing that I, I, I always speak with, with people who, who have a bit of a notoriety is, how do you feel when, um, when you meet somebody now and they know who you are, mm-hmm. you don't have to put in the effort of, showing them you're a nice person anymore it's like they've made their mind up already and they're they're like oh it's Hosier my god and the kind of normal human thing of here's a stranger Mm -hmm. now I have to gain this stranger's trust by being sound and prove to them that I'm worth talking to and once you become famous that goes and and that's 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 a big journey of being human you know yeah how how do you find that Um, you have to work backwards yeah, it's a it's a, it's a funny one. I think I've, I'm a bit more at ease when people haven't a clue or don't give a shite who I am. If that makes sense. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just I don't know. It just feels feels more natural, and you're you're at an even. I don't know. It's just I just find that far easier. Um, Are you still able to get that in Ireland? Yeah, you can in certain places, absolutely, and like you know, locally, I have a lovely. Um, lovely community where I'm living and, and like you go out to places like like Dingle or something like that or you go out to certain places mm-hmm. and it might be a novel like oh Jesus it's, it's yourself uh, but it's mm-hmm. not there's something John I don't know if John Moriarty uh, had said about about living in a world of mirrors that he's referring to being in Connemara in the in the pitch black night of a mm-hmm. kind of a night of, of a kind of a darkness that you don't really experience all, all that much and he, he, he was walking through the hills one day and he thought my god like that all mirroring is 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 gone from the world is what is what he described it as and a night that that is so dark that like mirrors themselves would be useless they reflect no light there's no light to reflect yeah he would not so he's lost himself in that in that darkness but he's referring to living in a world of mirrors in that we all we all mirror each other in some way Mm -hmm. or another your your mother mirrors to you that you are a child and you'll always be a child in your mother's eyes I suppose in some mm-hmm. in some in some regard but and, and people tell us who we are all the time um when we walk through the world you know what I mean uh mm-hmm. and so your identity is kind of is kind of bounced to you um 
as as you go about as you go about the world and i think that if there's anything that being recognized um thing is it is a challenge because you you are you're you're seeing yourself mirrored in other people but it's it's they have ideas of who you are or or it, they it's because they've seen you on on this thing or they've seen this element yeah. of you or they've seen you on TV or but it's it's never yourself you know what i mean it's 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 a the con- spectacle of hosier it's the spectacle I, exactly yeah exactly so it's you kind of see a distorted a distorted uh, mirror or uh, of some of some way but it's yeah exactly yeah. so and and the danger is is how do you then separate yourself from the spectacle and not become the spectacle or consumed by the spectacle? Yeah, keeping those two things separate. Yeah, it's it, yeah. That's that's a tricky thing. That is it. That is a tricky one. And where where does I don't know. I think over time I've become very pr- protective of my in, internal life, as it were, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and my immediate external life. So my you know my my friends and family. I try try to keep myself to myself a little bit and not 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 court attention too much that's that's um not for the purposes of of doing something that I've, that I'm definitely doing for either work or 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 whatever else you know like a really tall in you <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah are you into Enya? um i i have ne- i haven't le- lent into her kind of back catalog but um i've i've a lot of respect for the kind of the the sound that she had that she's kind of chased and and, and cultivated I think and created. Fantastic. I mean, I I think Enya should be viewed the same way that Brian Eno is viewed. Yeah. As as in Enya Enya's called New Age. Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't she called Ambient? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Very true. Yeah. It's like yeah. Ambient is one of these phrases that it, it, it's like satire versus comedy. When somebody says something is satire, then you go, oh, it's the clever type. Mm-hmm. When someone says Ambient, it's like it's the clever type. Yeah. But when they say New Age, it's like no, that's what you put on in the background when you're getting a massage. massage yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very you know, true. And I, yeah. I just, I, I think Enya deserves her place as a, cause she took fucking Irish folk in the 80s, mm-hmm. mixed it with synthesizers and was like, here you go. Here's something new that no one's ever heard yeah. before. Yeah, very true. Um, y- Your process for, for, for songwriting, okay? Mm-hmm. What I'd like to know is, is w- what do you do? Let's just say, you you decide I'm going to try and write a song this evening. What 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 do you do? Um, my God, I I wish, I wish I would. I was thinking recently of just leaning more into just start, pick an idea and just go go with something. Um, I'm quite a slow wow. starter, and I'm quite a, I can be quite a slow self starter, and um, and having sitting let's say sitting down, go muddling around with ideas and then you stumble upon as you say you stumble piano or guitar what would be your first um at the moment it would it has been piano recently okay uh, and if it's guitar it would be in some odd tuning that i'm not okay yeah, go- yeah. comfortable with i think part of the reason for that is that i'm not good at piano and i'm not mm-hmm. and if i choose a tuning it will it might be one that i've never really played before in and i do think that there's there's something nice about figuring out something that you haven't played before yourself uh, that you haven't heard yourself play before and your hands are going to places that they haven't gone um, okay right now I, I am kind of enjoying that a little bit um, and I just find that I don't know I just find that you you, you fall onto something uh, that feels fresher and more exciting to you in that moment because it's look it's, you're not terribly there's a lot to be said about not being 
a master at, at something at that at that big point. time um and, and again like now now randy newman is a master at the piano i would say he's mm-hmm. he's pretty shit hot mm-hmm. tom waits is not a master of an instrument tom waits is not someone i would describe as as a a brilliant musician mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's a competent musician who's an incredible songwriter yeah yeah same with for me lou reed bob dylan same carry on you know yeah 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 very true Neil Very Young true. as well. Jesus, Neil Young. Sometimes you listen to him playing guitar, and yeah. it sounds like like a lad at a, at a party at two in the morning, you know. Yeah. But he makes it work. We're just going to take a little break from the interview right there, right? A small little break for about a minute, because we're going to do what we call the ocarina pause on this podcast. Basically, digital adverts are inserted, and I don't want to surprise you with this big loud advert out of nowhere. So I'm going to play a little ocarina, a Spanish clay whistle or a South American clay whistle. And when you hear the ocarina, you, you're going to hear an advert and you won't be surprised by it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So that was the ocarina pause. You would have heard some algorithmically generated, digitally inserted adverts right there. This podcast is supported by you, the listener, via the Patreon page. All right, patreon.com forward slash the blind boy podcast. This is a fully independent podcast. We get the occasional advertiser, but I'm not beholden to advertisers. If someone wants to advertise in this podcast, they do so on my terms and it doesn't affect the content I have full editorial control I do what I want I make what I want I fucking love it this podcast is my it's my full time job and it's how I earn a living I love every minute of it I earn a living doing what I love doing this podcast because of ye supporting me through Patreon and if you're liking it if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it so far just please consider giving me the price of a pint or a cup of coffee once a month. That's all I'm looking for. The price of a pint or a cup of coffee once a month. Go to patreon.com forward slash the blind boy podcast. And you can do that. If you can't afford to give me the price of a pint or a cup of coffee. Don't worry about it. You don't have to. Don't worry about it. You can listen for free. Alright. And maybe you get to a point when you can afford. And then you can give me the price of a pint. But chill out if you can't afford it. You don't have to pay. And the people who can afford it. Who are patrons of this podcast. Not only are you kind of helping me earn a living, 
but you're paying for the people who can't afford to listen. So everyone gets a podcast. I earn a living. Everybody's happy. What more could you want? All right. So patreon.com forward slash the blind boy podcast. If you're a brand new listener, like I said, please go back and listen to a few other episodes and recommend the podcast to a friend. 25 million listens, lads. All because of the lovely, wonderful community that we've fostered over the years of this podcast. The lovely community listening to this podcast and sharing it to people. And we don't need to be advertising it on the fucking radio, doing any of that shit. Fuck that. This is a new model. You know what I mean? So thank you to everybody. Also, check me out on Twitch. Check me out on Twitch. Uh, three times a week. Hosier mentioned it earlier there. Three times a week on Twitch, what I do, twitch.tv forward slash the blind by podcast. I, I, I'm, I'm doing a hyper real never ending musical where basically I, I write songs live to a video game to a live audience. So Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, 8.30 p.m. Irish time, twitch.tv forward slash the blind by podcast. Come along and you can chat with me as well. I'm on live. You can chat with me. I'll chat with you. It's great crack. It's trim. I'm just doing it for fun now at this point. You know, before I was like, this is my new thing now. This Twitch business. Fuck that. I'm just having crack. Three times a week I have the best crack of my life. Talking to sound people and making music in Red Dead Redemption. I love it. It's fantastic. So come join me. Um, Like the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. You know the crack. God bless you all. Let's go back to chatting with Hosier. Um... Yeah. Do you how, how do lyrics work Do you So Do you Like Find melodies When you're With, with the piano And then add the lyrics Afterwards Do, do you Would a first A first demo mm-hmm. is, is it simply melody and, and music Or do you actually try And get lyrics involved In the first demo I would and try how, how far are they From the end result Yeah I would try to get Lyrics involved By the first By the end of the first demo that Maybe to, to its detriment the first demos are usually I've, I've sat with them for such a long amount of time that I've that I've probably over over produced them if that makes sense or wow. over, over thought about them which creates a whole other problem called demo white what I would refer to as demo yeah, yeah. which is yes, then yes. you fall in love with the demo and then when it comes to being in recording you're going oh there was something to the demo that I haven't got and here. you don't know if it was actually there or not yeah yeah ex- exactly and it, yeah exactly it may not it's something that you've just sat with it for, for so long um, but I would I think the mel- if I'm playing around and it's let's say I ar- arrive on a guitar a guitar riff or melody or something that feels nice um, or a piano line or a piano you know uh, progression or something I find a melody a melody just just finds itself there it doesn't yeah. it just comes to it or if you listen to it a, a amount of times, there's something that I don't know if it's that thing of just getting out of the way of the music, but there, it wants there's some, a certain progression wants a certain melody, and and into, sometimes it, that's just how it feels, and that's just maybe the intuition side of it. And sometimes a certain melody wants certain words, um, and you can feel the the somewhat the contours of be it vowel sounds or consonants, um that that come with the melody and sometimes sometimes a melody comes with lyrics uh intact and that's a rare uh, wow. beautiful occurrence where it's just like you know you're, you're you could be in the shower going for a walk and then a line hits you or something like that um does that line hit you with the melody it it can do it can do it's uh, very often 
more often than not, like a couplet or a few words will just land into your head and you scribble them down and you scrap them in later on. You kind of, you find a, find a home for them later. Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I think a melody will arrive and, and there's words, there are either, there are words that are leading you to other words or there, there are words that just make sense in that melody. Like you're, you're, you wouldn't hammer in, that you just know that there's, there's certain things that, that work. In, in the contour and the shape of whatever thing is just land is just passing through your head at that moment or whatever melody or whatever tune or whatever you want to call it um, and I think it's just a case of following following that and letting it and letting it f- find itself and um, f- what you're describing there as well is is it's it's one thing so there's this mystery of music right that mm-hmm. I'm always trying to figure out like I, I can figure out why a song is catchy mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. I can figure out okay that's a decent chord progression uh, the melody is really really catchy mm-hmm. the one thing I can no matter how much I think about it I can't pinpoint the why mm-hmm. is when a lyric and the chords and melody come together to form a new meaning yeah you know what I mean like like take me to church take me to church the, the actual lyric take me to church mm-hmm. that sounds quite enthusiastic yeah. and happy as a set of fucking words mm-hmm. but the way that you've combined it as a melody and with the chords you've now created a new meaning where I don't think I want to go to church right. I don't know what the church he's talking about is whatever fucking church this cunt is talking about it's not a good one mm. and I don't want to be there and without even hearing the rest of the song pain is involved somehow and I know this yeah. like what? what is that in between you've gotten take me to church and, and, and something has happened in the middle with vibrations of air and now I understand a feeling of pain yeah what is that I don't know I don't know um it's I think I I, I think the human voice has has everything to do with it and I think the way human beings hear human human voices in and how they express themselves yeah I, th- I think they pick up on on nuances there uh, and I think there's there's probably a lot to that there's there's all the ideas that I mean, there's as you there know, is a wail. You're definitely there's a there's a sense of wailing in how you sing that line. Yeah, and I've like like I've I've read I've read that review as well too, where it's it's like it's like you know this uh, <laughs> a lot of wailing a lot of wailing from this lad. Um, so it's definitely you know I, I kind of have a, um, a voice that that maybe lends itself. Uh, to but when I heard that wailing, and then I saw something else where you said you were in the sun house. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like. Fucking hell! Yeah, there's sunhouse everywhere. Anytime I hear you hit certain notes, mm-hmm. I hear what sunhouse was trying to do, and I'm a huge sunhouse fan. Yeah, yeah. So, so big time. Yeah, and a lot of Delta Blues players was when I was 14, 15. I kind of fell head over heels for, and my dad was a big. My dad used to play uh, drums in loads of blues bands, but he he had a big mm-hmm. collection. Um, this big kind of CD collection of like loads of kind of blues guys so Robert mm-hmm. Johnson obviously everybody yeah. falls in love with him and like Sunhouse is a big one Skip James has this kind of Skip haunting Skip fucking go- James man yeah with the piano and his lovely falsetto yeah exactly and like not a lot of blues guys would sing in falsetto like that no right. he really stands out doesn't he yeah. Blind, Millie, Blind Willie McTell as well also yes totally for that strange totally. yeah man he used to he's, he used to write songs on his mother's grave I didn't know that yeah, he used to write songs on his mother's grave and he, his his mad died and I think he very much relied upon her for care. Right, okay. And there's so much of that sadness in his songs, but 
the the way that he can inject sadness into music. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and it's and it's what made you fall in love with Delta because I'm the same. Like when I was a, a teenager. Like a part of me was going, Jesus, th- these are really poorly recorded because they're from 1920. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't like this, and I, I spent time getting over the fidelity of it, mm-hmm. and then I just connected with whatever the fuck it was. I was like, oh my god, yeah, I, and they're all using the same chords, yeah, but yet they're all so different, yeah, and something deeply connected with me. What what was it for you with Delta Blues? I I don't know if it's a, if it's like a if it's like a folk thing. I don't know if it's. I think it's. It, it is that I think it is the bare bones sentiment it, or sorry the bare bones of, of, of storytelling and the bare bones of mm-hmm. kind of of musicianship and, 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 and songcraft and and the bare bones of, of, of expressing something is is at play there there's also mm-hmm. I also had this appreciation I, I was probably being like a bit of a like a pretentious teenager into some mm-hmm. to some degree kind of scoffing at music that um i just did oh, yeah and you know i just wanted something that was not what you know kids in my class were listening to and 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 something that that to me i could turn to and and uh and probably projected you know all sorts of values that well this is something that's substantial and this is something that's mm-hmm. that's and also and i there is some truth to that where this is folk it was folk music you know it's folk blues yeah um and so it's it's you know, it, a lot of those recordings are are guys coming down from the city, finding you know, and commercializing uh, what was mm-hmm. what was folk music. You know, um, and some of those songs could have been a half an hour long, but we only heard the the three four minutes of it because that's all the technology would allow. Yeah, yeah, quite quite possibly. And then I think also I just I appreciated it then as as like all of this other music, like be it rock and roll or pop music, or it, it all was stemming from everything. Of course, it was all stemming from this. You know, it was and and. And and ever shall it be like that's the that's the root mm-hmm. that's the kind of the beginning point of Western pop music as we mm-hmm. I believe as as we as we see it. it it all if you follow every thread it'll all go back to that mm-hmm. twelve bar blues structure which became rock and roll which became mm-hmm. uh, you know or if it if we go to like soul music and everything that stemmed out of soul music goes back to gospel. And mm-hmm. it is it is that tradition of 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 black of it of of black music in in America, you know. But so I was kind of fascinated with that. I was fascinated with it as a, as a as a as a cultural entity as well. Like so, you know. j- just to take it there. So a lot of that is like gospel music is spiritual music. Mm-hmm. Sunhouse is definitely spiritual music, mm-hmm. and a lot of gospel performers will literally say. When I sing, I'm I'm. It's not just me. I'm trying to I'm trying to get a spiritual communion here. Mm-hmm. Like I remember watching, it was like uh, X Factor, right? It was like X Factor, but it was X Factor for gospel musicians. Wow, well, I'd say that's off the charts. It was a oh man, yeah. just the the simple the standard of musicianship as a given. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were just and gospel drummers are my favorite drummers. Gospel drummers, my god! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was all these incredible acts, but and it was like an X Factor panel. But they weren't just being judged on how good they were. One of the criteria was whether the judge, judges felt the presence of the Lord in the room. That's amazing. Yeah. And just no irony. Yeah. It's just, I really felt the presence. Yeah. Yeah. And is there an element, like, do, do you consider a degree of Irish Catholic spirituality? Like, is, is there a spiritualism in, in, in what you're trying to do or even whether you intend to or not? Um, that's a that's a that's a hard one. I I wouldn't 
I wouldn't be so I, I wouldn't be so bold as to say that you know that uh, that I'm that there that there is but I think there is for me I think creation it's it can feel like I mean it's 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 you know the the actual act of creating is it is mm-hmm. is to me and I I'm not saying anything like um I'm not kind of uh, this is not hyperbole or it's not I'm not exaggerating mm-hmm. it is I think one of the best feelings I've ever experienced in my yeah. life you know and you probably would agree me too that 100% that's the, the feeling of flow yeah when I'm writing whatever that is what I exist for yeah and that Nothing you know when you more. feel like you've you've conceived of something in your mind yes that has not existed before and you 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 hold in it this kind of this kind of seed of an idea that is that is it could be anything at that point you haven't quite fleshed and it the out feeling yet. afterwards of where the fuck did that come from yeah yeah totally and it, it feels like you've you've you're standing with divining rods and there's something mm-hmm. you can feel you know what I mean you're like there's something there, it's you're, like you're it's pre-written sometimes it's pre- it's like it's pre-written and you're divining it from somewhere yeah it, 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 t- totally and you and what's exciting about but it I, I, think, I say if, if I was born 200 years ago I would literally think that it's God telling me stuff <laughs> yeah and lads did seriously and lads absolutely did and they did um, have you ever had a go with divining rods actually what as in literally trying to find, find water, water with, yeah with a few rods I think I it, haven't. Have it, you? I, I, it's, it's, Is that a Bray thing? It's a it's a Bray thing. Yeah. Well, must, if if I ever if I ever have a hang, I'll I'll take you out over the fields. And I'll, I'll, You've had I'll, a go of that. Have I you? had a go of it actually. Yeah. How do how did well, is it is it real? Do you literally feel water? I swear to God. So, I was I was doing some. Um, when I when I decided I was look I was gonna set up a home in Ireland. This is going completely off topic, so I'm really sorry. Fuck it, man. This is what I want to talk about, man. Uh, do you think fucking pitchfork are gonna ask you about divine and water? <laughs> They're not. Um, uh, when I decided I was I was moving home, uh, this is yeah, this is fucking mad. Um, I when you try to explain this to Americans as well too, they just they this is where they really just think that like you're. A, a fucking leprechaun that fell out of a forest. There you go. The, it's the, that's the thing. Yeah. The, the, this is the thing because the, there there is a perception of you in America. <laughs> so I see comments online from American people, and it's like Hosier is this fairy, fairy uh, god who lives underneath <laughs> a waterfall. And like I'm going, I know what Wicklow looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. It's a lovely place, yeah. but lads, yeah, come on. And and one thing I do love is within our Irish culture. Yeah is our ability and capacity to speak about fairy forts and these things like this. Mm-hmm. And we can speak about it in the pub mm-hmm. and we it, it, it's you can embrace it and understand it and you can be critical of it, but at the same time understanding it's part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you say to me, divining rods, I'm not going, shut the fuck yeah, up. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah t- I want to know about this. Yeah, totally. Let's go, divining totally. rods. Totally. I think there's... I think there's something wonderful about it, um, and I think there's some, there's a there's a constant duality. And I look I, now, I'm going off on one again. There's a constant duality to, to a lot of Irish thought and its values, where you can at one point value something and at the same time undermine it and, and scrutinise it to the nth degree. And I don't know if it's if it's something to do with having to live uh, under like uh, let's say colonial brutal colonial rule, and then also the kind of shadow of of the Catholic Church that at one point. You have to maintain a sort of respect for something, but at the same time, a, dis- a healthy disbelief or a healthy contempt for something. Uh, you know, th- there's a. But it there's could a, be th- how we speak English too. There, like, there's a theory about Hiberno English and how we speak it. Like, w- we contradict ourselves in the way that we speak English. We'll say something like, "Are you going to the shop?" You are. Yeah. So we've just <laughs> asked and yeah. answered our own question. Yeah. And one theory I heard about that is like, 
it's just 800 years of not knowing which answer will get us a box into the head from the landlord or from the, the soldier mm-hmm. that we developed a way of speaking yeah. which contradicts itself and then we're perceived as stupid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And having to codify, I mean, we have to codify everything. I'm codifying yeah. um, even nas- like national pride into songs through Ashlings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. pretending like it, like there was a whole, there's a whole genre of Irish poetry and song which is it's called an ashling which is just a dream and it's it's a codified way of going oh jeez i saw a woman in a dream but she always represents ireland and she's always crying yes. and she's always in in bondage or tied up or in, in distress of some kind um because it got to a point where lads you can't be singing about ireland anymore like legally like mm-hmm. you know what i mean when you ban that le- so there is that kind of um but the, again, I'm immediately thinking Robert Johnson, squeeze my lemon until the juice runs yeah, down yeah, my leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he can't be or talking no, about sex, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know. There's a there's there's loads to unpack there. And then also, and I think it's a terrible, and I, you know what, man? One thing um, I'd love to do over the next few years is just go back and, and, pro- and learn, learn Irish again properly. But it's mm-hmm. like that kind of duality. And I, I'll go back to the Divine and Rods now in a second because I, I think you, you will get a kick out, out of this. But um, the... Like in the Irish language, the fact that like uh, Lannan, let's say like the word for lover uh, or mm-hmm. beloved, it also means, you know, a, a, a chronic syndrome or a chronic affliction. You know what I mean? Like, Lovely. Yeah. It's it, there's always this there's always this nuance and this kind of there's a dry um, there's a dry sort of self-awareness. And there's, there's, there's a kind of a contradiction allowed there in, in the language. You know what I mean? That, that, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and like, like Kayla or something could be a husband. It could be a lo- It could be, you know, your partner, but it's also in contextually, it could be an opponent, you know, it could mm-hmm. be, it's, it's your enemy. Uh, but it's also your, 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 literally your spouse, you know? Um, and I think there's, 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 there's a, an acceptance of nuance. Yeah. 100%. And ambiguity. 100%. And, and, uh, so which, I can, which would be very confusing for people watching from the outside. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So in that same in that same way, when as I say, you could say fairy forts, and I have a respect for for fairies. You know, at mm-hmm. the, in the same time, like, I don't want I don't to believe disappear. in the supernatural. You know, uh, yeah, but but I want to. I love fairies and fairy forts and all this stuff because it's ours, and someone tried to take it away once. Right. So. I don't have to believe in fairies, but I'll sit down for an hour and listen to someone talking about them and give it the utmost of respect yeah. because it's ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fact. It, it is. And the more I look, the more I read about it and learn about it. And, and then also how it came to be that we imagine these like ancient Neolithic burial sites as a course. You're just like, where, where, where do those come from? If you're a Celtic mm-hmm. society or whatever. And then what, what's this thing that has always been there in all written history and all oral history that we have there's this structure there and it 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 was put there by somebody and it looks it mm-hmm. just looks like it's magic you know what i mean and, and don't mm-hmm. f with it lads that's a, that's an early people that's the that's the first and the idea that mm-hmm. the the first people of ireland the kind of the um the 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 Danon, what are they the um, two of the Danon? yeah two of the Danon. that they you know they they were the you know they as time went on and we became a Christianized society, as I understand it, there is a theory that we just, um, they were kind of, they became what was then known as the fairies later on. You'd have a better, I'm sure you've talked to lads who would contradict that or, or maybe that, or maybe I'm completely off off the beat, completely incorrect on that. But but fairies being not just something that, but, you know, it, it goes back a long, long way. And that I heard a similar thing about leprechauns, that uh, leprechauns represented a, almost like... Um, 
a paleolithic form of human that was just really, really short that existed in Ireland. Right. And then when, when modern humans came, there was these small little humans there and they used to just get really angry at these, at us right. and perform tricks on them. Right, okay. Like, but there's like, no proof to like it. It's an, just one thing I heard, you know. It's yeah. just like that, that there was a race here already of, of uh, astralopithecines or just hominids. Yeah, yeah. Earlier versions of humans. It's, you know, I wouldn't, it's a, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't write that one down in the leaving cert. <laughs> I need to hear about these divining rods. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, when I decided to, to kind of move, you know, that I was, I, I had thought about, I was coming home from tour and I was like, well, where, where you know, I had to kind of pick, pick a home for myself. Because I, I kind of went from, and this leans into what you were saying earlier on about how do you cope with, with, let's say, getting to the point where your name is in the paper and stuff like that. And yeah. You, and you, and I, I never really, I never really, did it was kind of like I went from being a broke college student or in a college dropout to releasing a song that became this this hit and then it was just mm-hmm. I was just catching up with myself the whole time you know I really was mm-hmm. catching up with myself emotionally and energy wise and, and intellectually as well too because you must to, have been what 24, 25? Uh, I was 20 yeah 24, 25 yeah Jesus um, that's a fucking yeah at the same yeah. time I'm really glad that I was 24, 25 and not 17, 18 you know uh, okay I yeah. wouldn't want to be and Jesus I wouldn't want to be 17, 18 now in, in this world I would certainly want to be wouldn't want to be have that amount of eyes upon me at 17, 18, 19 you know my heart breaks for some someone like Billie Eilish my heart absolutely breaks for him it's to have tough. that level of fame right now yeah, and yeah the strength the strength that that, that that I think that requires the pressure and, and again in this mm-hmm. world again where it you know you have your phone literally if you want like unless you change it it's buzzing at you every every you know it's it's, it's a direct line into the toxicity of, you know, of other mm-hmm. people's behavior and what they're saying about you. You have a screen mm-hmm. that you carry in your pocket all the time that if you mm-hmm. if you look at it, it'll, it'll tell you exactly all the nasty things people are saying about you. Mm-hmm. Not something we had to deal with when we were 14, 15. School was no. tough enough, you know. No. Um, I think, so I, I, you know, for teenagers, uh, I think have, have, a, have, a, have a hard time. Anyway, what was I going to say? So coming home, uh, needed a place to decide to... Um, that I would make a home, that I was going to, you know, make a home in Ireland and settle into Wicklow. And there was a, a place I was looking at and there was supposedly a well on site or water moving mm-hmm. underneath it, uh, underneath it's like an undercourse. Is that what you, is that what you would refer to it as? Um, and so uh, I asked my uncle who has done a lot of building work over the years and he was kind of help, helping us out with kind of managing this product project and, and, getting in the very early stages of of like okay well you know let's 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 explore what's on on site let's find the well let's find the actual well itself and i was like well how do you do that surely there's a there's some sort of echo what did you x-ray the ground or do you survey it or and i was like ah you know <laughs> just get a, we'll just we'll just get a diviner on site and see see what the crack is and, and like, um, like who the fuck like so, so is the diviner advertising in the paper as a diviner or is he just a lad who's known locally as a diviner he came to us through through a there was a contractor who was who was like an expert in in kind of in landscape and trees and stuff like that and a really really wonderful wonderful guy and he works with this this man he's, he's a much much older gentleman um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's advertising the paper. I did come across a diviner's society on Facebook. I'm mm-hmm. sure you can find it. So I'm sure it's an active advertised group. And mm-hmm. and I was like, are, are you sure you just, you know, on all the building works that you've done, like, is it still a common practice in Ireland that you might just 
a man will just show up on site, walk around with, with some sticks in his hands and tell you where the well was. And sure as, sure as hell, like he, uh, he showed up and within, within a moment uh, he, he had found it. And we we dug there, and and first chance, first try. There was no there was no hesitation. There was no um, there was no questioning. And, and he, he so he has two twigs in his hands. Essentially, and he's able to yeah. he can tell by the way these twigs move whether there's water underneath the ground. Yeah, and if it now, it, so he had found the well. I wasn't there the right. day that he actually found the 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 well itself. Okay, okay. But he had showed up. Um, I found it quite quickly, but he did say he wanted to come back and speak to the owner, and he said it was quite important. Okay. And he kind of, you know, he felt obliged to do so. Yeah. Um. And so I get that message then through my uncle. He's saying this guy wants to talk to you. He said it's important. He feels that there's uh, something he needs to tell you. A few things he wants to tell you about the site mm-hmm. and how it how it pertains to you. And uh, I'm actually, I'm just remembering a lot of this now. Um, so my uncle was saying, listen, I know you're busy, but if you can make it down, look, you don't have to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I suppose it's, it's kind of like a Pascal's wager. Do it. You know, this, um, it may be nothing, but at the same time, it would cost you nothing to just check it out. You don't want to be 40 years old and some some bad stuff has happened to the site and you're kicking yourself yeah, even yeah. if for no reason you're kicking yourself that you yeah. didn't listen to uh, the div- the man who 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 um the diviner this kind of this magic man let's say yeah and um yeah and so i kind of i kind of pop into site one day and he's there and he's this lovely sweet old man um and he was he had sensed or he was of the mind that and again this this dude had just made a beeline for the well boom yeah. finds it but he had sensed that and this is this these are his words that the water wasn't moving as it wanted to move okay um and that under the ground the water wasn't wasn't doing where wasn't flowing where it wanted to flow mm-hmm. um and he was of the mind that's some form of ritual or séance a long, long time ago, had maybe taken place. And I mean, and again, it's it's in a part where it's right near Castlefield. Yeah. Um, so there would have been communities in this place over, you know, centuries and centuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thousands of years, I would say, um, or over a thousand years. But he wanted to. He said he could clear it, but he needed he needed me to be in, involved. Right. And he asked me to go and buy something. That he could use as an offering, that I could offer, that he could use to clear uh, the magic from the site. So you're you're now being asked to be part of a, a, an ancient ritual to make water flow correctly, and where you're building your gaff. Which was wild, and there, there was so much, so many other things that he he felt he, he kind yeah. of wanted to tell me, and we 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 kind of spoke about, um, we spoke briefly about like. I was just curious about I was curious about him I was curious about Seven Sons mm-hmm. I've been to a Seven Son uh, years and years and years ago just again as I said I, I am a sceptic but yeah. uh, it is just that fascination with the I suppose with the folklore that 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 this is tied into that these things are tied into and, and, and tradition um, I don't know the, just the tradition of it and, yeah uh, the old kind of culture of it 
But so I go down to a local shop and he had said, listen, you just have to make sure that you buy it yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Make sure that this thing that you offer, you have to buy it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I just hopped in my uncle's car uh, and we spun down a garage. The man had said, listen, it could be bread, it could be biscuits, Mm -hmm. um, but you have to pay for it with your own money and you have to bring it up here. Uh, which he, he he hammered the point down a couple of times as we were leaving. And so I just picked up a, a, packet, a packet of biscuits, a <laughs> um, packet of digestives. And he was like, great, that'll do. And he took a few and he kind of stood over an area on the site and he crumbled them in his hands and he, and he ah. kind of spread them down and he kind of mumbled a few words. Um, and Brilliant. And it was very, it was very sweet. It was just this man who was looking out yeah. for me and wanted to tell me some stuff that he felt was worth knowing. And a lot of it was to do with, um, um, he was advising me also on certain plants that, that, you know, um, that would bring out yeah. positive energies in me, creative energies in me and stuff like that. Very, very interesting. And I was super, super glad yeah. um, that I, that I did, that I, that I kind of, went for it but it was it was just that interesting thing of of, of I don't know hold, holding holding it in one hand holding with, with great reverence and, and respect for the for the for the that old tradition and, and the folklore uh, tied into where these traditions come from yeah and at the same time uh, it also in, in engaging in it as this sort of in, not in an irrever- irreverent way, but it's a, a gasp at a crack at the same time. You know? Yeah. But anyway, that was the, um, yeah, that was the diviner. I was actually given by the man who had introduced us to the diviner. He gave us two rods and I, he just made them out of two pieces of, of metal. Like you could like, make did them Did he invite you into the process? Yeah, he showed, he just showed me how to, how to do it. And, um, and I think he, all he just described to me was, look, some people, some people have it and some people can, can feel it and some people don't. <laughs> His idea was that there's nothing magic taking place, but there might be some electromagnetism taking place. But I will say, if you, it's worth it's worth experiencing. It's not. I don't, as I understand, it doesn't work t- too well in in cities. People are going to be commenting in on this, going, "He's mad. He's absolutely lunatic." Uh, Ho- but you felt this. Hosier's gone. Fucking, uh, he is away with the fairies. Um, he can smell waterfalls. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but um. They they just move. They kind of pulse back and forth. I don't like in your hand. You hold them limply. There are two right angles. Yeah. Uh, they're at sorry. Two, you know, two pieces of of metal, very thin rods, at right angles, and uh, long longer pointing forward than they are hanging over the the part that hangs over your palm. And you do yeah. don't grip them. You just hold them, and you walk walk in in fields, and they will react to where there are maybe. Uh, pockets of water i don't know how to describe it i have no explanation have you tried doing this on your own for the crack pardon me have you tried doing that on your own i just did it for the crack yeah and once once he gave me the rods there was a few days where i was fascinated by it and i just would go for a wander up in the fields and and see wow and you can follow what's interesting because if if it's happening if it's happening by yourself and nobody is around to observe it then that to me would suggest that it's real because like with something like a ouija board yeah a Ouija board is about who's present and there's a collective kind of energy in the room and, and everyone pushes it, but it's it's unconscious. Yeah. But if you're on your own, like Ouija boards don't work on your own. They yeah, don't. I've heard I've heard that there is a collective, mo- like yeah, the it's, subconscious it's, moving, it's, not even subconscious, but I, un- yeah. unconscious moving of it. Is that yeah. correct? I don't know. But if, if, if you're off on your own with these divining rods and there's no one else 
around to either influence your thoughts and your experience in this, then that's real. It's it's it is it's a funny feeling, and like like I am the biggest. I am a huge skeptic, and like look, I you know I am skeptic, and I think there's a lot of. I think that comes through in the work. Like I'm not. I, I don't kind of. Um, I don't lean in, in too too heavy for a religion for the, for the sake of it or anything like that. I'm not saying I'm not a spiritual person. I, I, mm-hmm. I definitely am, but um, but I am. I would be a bit more science. I'd be quite scientifically minded. I, I mm-hmm. think, but I all it all I can say is what I experienced. What 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 happens is once you pass by a concentration of it, you'll actually notice that the the rods just turn in on themselves. So they stop pulsing and stop wobbling. Um, and they get to a point where they cross over and they they point backwards towards you, um, and it's just this mad. I don't know how to describe it, but you, if you you can do, actually do you feel follow, more aware? That sounds like a very meditative practice. Like if I was doing that, I'm not worrying about nothing because all I'm concerned about is the rods and the water. Yeah, it's actually was it, is, yeah. is it peaceful? It it is it is it's quite. A, I suppose it's a peaceful thing, and you, you don't want to move around too much, and you're trying to keep your hands perfectly still and you don't want to um yeah you don't want to be moving your body thinking about it too much and also you are just trying to especially if you're trying to follow just for the crack if if you're in a field and you're following a water course under the ground because Mm -hmm. you you will notice that you stand look two feet or three feet to one side of something um it'll 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 go away the rods will start stop reacting if you go on the other side four feet the rods will stop reacting but you can actually follow like nearly a trail uh, you can you can like in pockets you can see where you can kind of follow where this where this water is is going. That's how like again I've no explanations. I'm sure you'll have a, a mad hot take just arrived into my head. Go on, please. Right. So you you know auto tune obviously auto tune that's used to tune up vocals. Yes. Yeah. So auto tune actually comes from people trying to find oil. Mm-hmm. So I- what you're describing there with water. In America, when they were trying to find oil underneath the ground, they developed this technology that would basically send notes down into the ground and it would come back up and they would kind of adjust the vibration of sound. And auto-tune, as we use it in the studio, literally comes from this technology that was used to find oil. Yeah. And I would wonder, is something to do with you being a musician and sensitive to whatever vibrations, is there a relationship there? If if auto-tune and oil is related to find oil underneath the ground, why is the part of you that's sensitive to musical notes, could that be a factor? It's interesting, actually, and we were talking about flow yeah. and where ideas come from. Um, But for him, like his kind of, as he put it, and these are were his words and I can only interpret, his, his kind of reading of, of energies and reading of, and, and feeling of, of where things are, mm-hmm. feeling of, of where the water is flowing, where the well was. Um, he described to me as 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 um as um it's the same. It arrives to him in a in a similar way. It it seems it seems to be something that wow that kind of comes to him or flows flows through him. Okay, um, with that same sort of feeling of just intuition, just something that that mm-hmm. you feel and you follow. He was. He, I think he understood that I was a musician, mm-hmm. and he was saying. Um, he said in a kind of a matter of fact way, which is absolutely correct. Sometimes ideas just come to you as if as if they're coming through you. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah. I mean, on a good day, that sometimes it just arrives. And he said it was the very same for him. And the the things that he that he 
needed to tell me. He felt that there was there was an obligation to tell me. I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing that, man. That sounds like something I could get interested in now. It's it's a better than press ups on yeah. a fucking river, man. Yeah. Out with a coat hanger looking for water underneath the ground. <laughs> yeah. But you know what though? Like, there's so much stuff that we'll say uh folklore or whatever has known for years and we've rubbished it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden science goes, Oh, that's true. Like I interviewed two scientists there a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. about the relationship between the human gut and the brain and how different foods uh, can impact our brain. Now, people who've been into health have been saying this for years, but it's been written off. Mm -hmm. And now science is going, ah, they were right. The other thing as well, but this is something I've yet to speak to an expert about it, but it's an accepted field. Have you heard about the mushroom internet? Yes. So I don't know a great deal about it, but how roots and plants kind of interact and and, and share resources and and network. Yeah. And they, they use, and so... The roots of trees will go into the ground, but beyond these roots of trees yeah. is this vast f- network of fungus. And the tree's roots will use the fungus network, like the internet, to communicate with each other. So if a tree is hurt, or if a tree is injured, or if there's, I don't know, if a deer is coming along and eating the bark off a tree, mm-hmm. that tree will send distress signals to the rest of the trees and those trees can release a toxin into their bark that makes deers not eat it. Right, okay. You know? And loads of people for years and years, oh, the forest is one, it's one, nature is one. Mm-hmm. N- now science is going, ah, it is actually. Yeah. If you build a forest and this forest doesn't have sufficient biodiversity and this forest doesn't have uh, a, a good network of fungus, then the forest won't survive. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 fascinating. I... I I, I I need to read more on. It. It's, I've heard it referred to as the Wood Wide Web. I don't know if that's if the Wood Wide Web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to I need to seek out an expert, yeah. and I, I want because it it's it's just one of those things. I, I I could just disappear for hours on Wikipedia learning about it, but I want to hear an expert yeah. talking about 100%, 100%. it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, it's amazing. One thing I meant to ask you about, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you're someone who's who's quite outspoken about things like direct provision. Fair play to you, right? Right. For, for those listening who don't know what direct provision is, direct provision is a, a system in Ireland whereby uh, asylum seekers and refugees are effectively imprisoned in quite inhumane conditions and it's run for profit. And it's a system that the United Nations has described as a severe violation of human rights. It's a stain on, on Ireland. But recently, both you and I ended up getting uh, our tweets fucking flagged by the Irish government yeah, and put into this weird report yeah. where because ourselves and other people with a platform were trying to draw attention to the cruelty of direct provision it's it's like look we put it up on the internet mm-hmm. it's there mm-hmm. it's in public mm-hmm. I just personally I don't like the idea that they secretly put it into a report and the only way to find out they were doing it is that a journalist had to apply for a Freedom of Information Act it's yeah. like yeah. Why are you doing it in secret? What's going on here? Yeah, is H- how do you feel about that? I kind of, I've I've mi- I've mixed feelings about it, and I've mixed I've mixed, like I've, I've I'm in many minds around, around it. At first, obviously, my my first initial reaction was, well, that's effed up. And also, what are you doing yeah. wasting resources? That that sounds like a big team, by the way. 
Like it, it, oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, by, the, by the looks of things, by the amount of emails, like there was ones like I don't really tweet all that, but I'm not mm-hmm. a dedicated activist. You're kind of gone off Twitter now, aren't you? I'm well, ca- you don't use yeah, it that much. Uh, yeah, recently, especially this year. And part of it is a huge part of that is just mental health. Part of that is Twitter's pro- particularly bad for the old mental health. Isn't it, it really is like it really is. Um, but you know what? I don't think Twitter is so I think Twitter is actually a video game that people don't know they're participating in yeah. where they play a character of themselves that's a bit meaner. Yeah. Because Twitter Twitter will reward you for being mean in, in a way that other websites don't. Yeah. Yeah. I th- like I find myself like trying to stop myself being a prick on Twitter because I know that's what gets rewarded and I have to go, hold on a second. Yeah. 100, you know what I mean? 100%. And, and also enjoying enjoying the, the kind of takedown. You know what I mean? Like So if not yeah. stopping, having to stop yourself from saying something snide or, or smarmy about something, somebody or something or something that has happened or throwing in your two cents um, on something. Also, just the act of enjoying that somebody else is being humiliated mm-hmm. um, is itself... Feels like, like you're a bully. It's just, a, it's, it's just not good. I don't... I just... It's not at all. Yeah. No. And so the, for all sorts of reasons, um, I, I kind of decided to step off it. Also, everything that I say, the more I find myself going on the record, I'm going to be in the horrors after this chat, the more I find I go on the record over anything, uh, I, I am so anxious on the far side of it. Like really and truly, uh, you know. I, I, well, you see, the, the, the sometimes they can turn it into a headline, man. And the headline, while technically being true, sounds very different to the context that you actually said it. That what, what, you were say, what you were saying about them... That being, let's say, monitored or ending ending up with, with tweets in, in in government reports, it, yeah, it's 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 it is mad, especially when you when you think, look, this is a depart, this looks like a department or or a, or a sub department all all of itself. I mean, there's there's an email for every tweet that this I, I can't remember the name of the journalist who was one of the guys being monitored. Um, mm-hmm. Um, so it's like this is t- this is hugely time consuming. This is a few people's wages. Like this is this is a full time yeah. job for somebody, um, which is which is wild because it's like well th- these are resources that could be going into alleviating uh, the issues that are yeah. that these that these tweets are, are are writing about. Also, the fact that you are monitoring it knows that you you, you can't claim ignorance. Um, when people exactly. are tweeting about these these issues, it's not we, we cannot and we and I think why you and I maybe speak so so you know about it and would would when we can draw attention to it is because we've done we've institutionalized people in our in our nation before and we we yeah. cannot this time say that we didn't know what was happening and exactly. we cannot say and that. I don't want to be that fucking generation yeah. where like I speak to my parents in the same way I'm sure you do and when I ask my ma about Magdalene laundries she she just goes I didn't know I knew something was going on, but we didn't know yeah. all of it. The walls were really high. We didn't really know. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I don't want to be that. Yeah. I don't want my grandkids saying what was going on with direct provision. And yeah. for me to go, I didn't know. They yeah. didn't Because te- that's what they're doing. They're not telling us enough. Yeah, 100%. They're, we we, and we just have an idea yeah. that something really bad is happening there. Yeah, 100%. And look, there there will be inquiries. Like we know, we look ahead, there yeah. will be inquiries to this. You know, yeah. if we just follow follow the natural, awful course of history, there's going to be inquiries yeah. into this. Uh, we have 10 years, 20 years time, 30 years time, and it will be, there will be uh, cases of abuse. There will be case. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. pe- there's there was a, a life lost only there about a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was a, a, a man took his own life. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that there will be 
countless there will be countless cases of that so it's upsetting it is upsetting and as i say the, the, there's considerable resources are, are putting into the monitoring for the sake of optics and i think it's for the mm-hmm. sake of how how bad are, how bad are we looking out there boys like how bad does it look that's what pissed um, me off you know and if they were listening if they were literally if they because some people said to me listen the, the, the government are looking at your tweets why mm-hmm. aren't you happy that mm-hmm. they're looking at your tweets and taking your opinions on board and I'm like they're not if the government were actually saying we're listening to Hosey or we're listening to Blind Boy they'd, they'd make a big deal of it mm-hmm. what they did instead is they did it in secret and the only way we got to find out is because a journalist had the time to access a Freedom of Information Act mm-hmm. so what it is is it's, it's a PR exercise how do we continue to do the bad shit we're doing mm-hmm. but change the perception of it yeah and, and I don't like that one bit yeah there's there's a lot of play there I, I would think is that, that I think it, a lot of it is is for it's it's nearly research for PR management so it's like you could say okay well it's, if we know what criticisms are being said we can prepare for them we can we can write responses for them we can mm-hmm. we can we can uh, arrange responses so that we're not caught off the hop you know caught, caught on the hop in, in an interview somewhere uh, down, down the line and um, I would, I would say, look, there is like, like anything, like any, like tool or any infrastructure, there is the potential for it to be, as you said, like, is, isn't it good that that the government is 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 aware of it? I, there is, there is potential, there is, there is potential positives there, especially if they if they see mounting pressure. They're they're also mm-hmm. just trying to see, okay, how much, pre- uh, what can we, you know. What can we not get away with, as it were? Like mm-hmm. what, uh, what, what's mounting? Because they're, all those emails as well are measuring how they, how many engagements they got. So it's like so and so said this, but only two people, uh, yes. only two people liked the tweet. So and so said this, and whatever. So they're they're seeing how much pressure there is there, you know, and trying trying to trying to gauge how serious this is in 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 the, in the collective consciousness of 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 of, of people, a collective conscience of people. Um, I still think it's it's considered a fringe issue by I think by by most people. Sadly, I think when you go to it's not something lads will be chatting about in the pub and and saying. Look, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I think some of that is, is just trying to manage that. But potentially there is yes, if if it as you said, if if it, if the government was transparent about it and said, oh yeah, we're we're keeping an eye on these criticisms and we're we're taking them on board. Um, it it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be that case. There is potential there where it is there. It's good that they are aware that of that mounting pressure, and I think that that would that could and should encourage us uh, to mount that pressure. Power concedes nothing without demand. You you have to make somebody sweat. My my also other my other worry for it is if you, again if you look just through the awful course of history, an infrastructure built in a government department that is monitoring the conversations and yes, public conversations, so stuff that we put up in public would more often i think be it would be easier for that to fall into a place of it of that infrastructure that quite powerful infrastructure being abused as a, as opposed you know so like my, my fear like my initial fear was right now it's like okay fine they're probably not going to do it's more irresponsible mm-hmm. but it's like what if in I just don't want I don't like a government document existing where it's like I'm on a list of people who are critical of the government mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then as well simple things and this would apply to you as well I'm sure you've all, like going through US security at the airport mm-hmm. is 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 not never fun no okay there's always a grilling mm-hmm. and I just don't want to go over for work to the US and the US department go oh blind boy what have you gotten him Ah, I see he's on a list of people who critique the government. Yeah, yeah. And 
hopefully now with Biden it'll be better but under the Trump administration mm-hmm. and stories I've heard of, of journalists and things being absolutely grilled by US security I don't want them going here's a guy who's on a list of people who critique the Irish government should we let him in or not mm-hmm. you know or any other country in the world it's like where's our consent with data around this yeah yeah the, the, and like yes the tweets are public but it's like I didn't consent to them being recontextualized yeah and I mean it, look it's 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 especially if it, if it's you know it's it's something that potentially is is informing policy or is it informing response from the mm-hmm. government I think like I I think history is is, is clear on what the, these infrastructures you know use like it's not like we haven't seen in recent history uh like let's be honest smear campaigns carried out uh about people who are, let's say, whistleblowers of some kind in in mm-hmm. our own country, either. And mm-hmm. I'm not—I don't want to go into it, but like, yeah, we we've seen we've seen we saw cases of that. Like, there is there is a, a, an ability for for an, an infrastructure like that to to mm-hmm. uh, to be used incorrectly or in bad faith or or whatever. But also, there, as you say, with mass information being collected, there's also that that argument that let's say whether it's the NSA, the case with mm-hmm. you know that revelation that there's there there there's um what's the metadata being collected and everything that you say is, is being sifted or collected somewhere maybe not eyes upon it but the very idea the very idea that the government is monitoring what you're saying uh, is itself uh, if if that if that it's the panopticon yeah if that inspires you to filter yourself that is is itself a a a suppressing uh, element you know it is it is I, I still fucking I'm not gonna shut up about something like direct provision mm-hmm. but I still have to mind myself now going oh the mm-hmm. government are watching and then I have to go no fuck it and then sometimes I feel like actually just tagging the justice department in it you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. yeah just to save because I, save I won't the time. have my right my, my right to I, I have a right mm-hmm. to draw attention to this stuff so I won't allow I can't I can't allow it's immoral yeah. to allow something to stop me what I compared it to is it's like when you're a kid when you're like 13, 14 and you're hanging around and the guards come over and the guards are like I'm just taking your name and putting it in my notebook mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're not like you're going oh wait am I in trouble mm-hmm. are you going to tell my parents mm-hmm. no 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 I just I need your name in my notebook because I've been hearing reports about trouble around this area so it, it won't go farther than my than this notebook mm-hmm. yeah but I all of a sudden now I'm terrified and I'm, and I'm adjusting my behaviour yes yeah, yeah yeah or when the it's, teacher it's, says they're talking about you in the staff room yeah, yeah, am I exactly, expelled yeah. am I suspended no 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 they're just you're being talked about in the staff room yeah yeah a harmless thing that says you're being watched yeah. and then you change your behaviour The uh, it comes from a prison called the Panopticon that was invented by a fellow called Jeremy Bentham mm. where it was a design of prison where the prisoners can't tell if the guard is watching or not so it's as good as being watched all the time because yeah. they change their behaviour yeah yeah that's I mean I mean there there you go I suppose in, in its God the, omnis- the, the omniscience and the omnipotence of God is, is a Panopticon too yeah yeah very true and actually yeah that's a, that's a huge I mean yeah absolutely Santa Claus um yeah. Oh yeah, Santa Claus is the big one. <laughs> yeah, big time. Santa Claus is a big panopticon. Yeah. Fucking hell! Were you told that the birds were watching you? That was that was one. A little bird, not the birds that were watching, but I was told that uh, a little birdie told me this. Okay, okay. So okay. that would imply that birds were watching. Okay, 
I was, <laughs> I'm terrified of birds. I don't know why. No, I, uh, my folks was definitely that the, the birds were messengers for, for Santa Claus. So if you, if you were, if you were caught and also there's birds everywhere. Like you, 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 you I was told that about the robin. What was really? it? I was told me that the, the, the <laughs> I know it's a limerick thing that the, the robin, uh, why is the robin's breast red? Because because he was plucking the thorns off Jesus's head and he got his blood on his chest and the stain never went away. No way. Which is beautiful. That's fantastic. What a beautiful explanation for a robin's red chest. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I'm going to ask you one last question. Is that all right? Yeah, please do. Yeah. I was going to just um, mention the wren as well, too, just as you're on that. Oh, what about the wren? You know, the wren, like, again, it's a Christmas thing that on Stephen's Day, uh, the wren, the wren, the, the king of all birds. It, there's oh, like yeah. now, they, I don't think people do it anymore, right? But they used they to. They do it down in Kerry. They probably do it in Kerry. There's the whole wren boy thing, but then. Um, yeah. But you would chase a wren and you would have to go and actually catch a wren and you would. Oh, I don't would, know about it that. It would be killed or sacrificed. But it goes back to this. Um, there's this all sorts of stuff. So one is that there's a god trapped in it or there's a, it's an incarnation of a god. But then also there's a story that there was a raid during, I think, in like the 1798. No, it would have been earlier than that. There was a raid or, or a military action of some kind where it's said that the soldiers who were about to be ambushed were woken in the middle of the night by a wren pecking on a drum skin. And they, wow. were, they were either Norman or British British forces. Um, and, it, and, it, and it scuppered the raid, essentially. It just, it just wrecked the, the ambush. Uh, and ever since then, this wren is, is, uh, is, is kind of... Seen as a messenger, seen as a... Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and it's kind of... Now, I'd have to read into it. It's an interesting one, but... Uh, That's apparently the reason... Do you know, do you ever hear of the Puck Fair? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, so they get the they get the goat and they elevate the goat and they make the goat a king. Yeah. Apparently the reason for that too is around the time of the Cromwellian invasion, mm-hmm. whatever village this was, when Cromwell's army was approaching the village to massacre everybody, they disturbed a, ho- a herd of goats and a billy goat ran towards the town and everyone was going, this billy goat belongs in the mountains. What the fuck is he doing down here with us? Right. Something's wrong. Yeah. So they all ran away and Cromwell's army arrived and didn't get to massacre anybody. Right, okay. So that's what I heard about that. Fascinating. Um, so the, the, the one last question I have is just, your so mental health and creativity, how important is the act of creating art to your personal mental health? I'm actually realizing a bit too late how how important it is, um, and as, as in that it, it's there's a circular thing at play that if I'm not creating, mm-hmm. I think I think I've maybe too yeah. much of my idea of, of my self worth is is probably is wrapped up in whether I'm creating or not. Yeah, I don't really have many other applicable skills. Uh, mm-hmm. other, you know what I mean? I I dropped out of college uh, to to write songs. I think there's something that I. I get by, by get by with, and that's making music, writing songs, and, and singing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, but you, if you're in a bad place, if your anxiety is flaring up, if you're feeling a bit blue, are you also saying that you won't create, and and the two things feed each other. Yeah, one hundred percent. So I, I would find it hard yeah. to find the motivation to to sit mm-hmm. down and write. Also, you're just racked with either self doubt or a kind of just your 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 coming off the ground self loathing. So you don't really want mm-hmm. to. You know, in that moment, you're, what you create and everything that you've created is something that you can't face and you don't you don't like. You know, because you're not happy with yourself in that moment. So it's very hard to. Would you do you ever beat yourself up if you find yourself playing video games too much or watching Netflix or things like that? How do you how do you find that behavior? How does it sit within you? Definitely. Um, I think yeah. Like I think like anyone 
I, I would escape into into things and it, whether mm-hmm. I'm escaping into I definitely definitely over the years you know had to realize look the, this there is escapist behavior uh, here sometimes it, it might be a video game um you know mm-hmm. sometimes it might be um a tv show or it's finding something else to to do with my time you know what i mean it's it's it doesn't have to be drink or drugs like it's it's there's mm-hmm. there's other things that i that i i find you know you can get kind of a not addicted to but you just lean on for a for a as an you're filling the hole that songwriting should be filling exactly yeah exactly do you know what i've found over the years I, i've i've because i used to be like that i've i've become a bit more compassionate with myself mm-hmm. if i find myself binging netflix playing video games and i'm not writing or doing whatever mm-hmm. i chill out and i say to myself i'm feeding my unconscious mind mm-hmm. so what but this this activity Instead of flagellating myself saying, why aren't you inside writing? Why aren't you inside creating? Yeah. I say to myself, right now I need to fucking relax. And if I can effectively relax, yeah. then this Netflix show, this book I'm reading, this game I'm playing, mm-hmm. if I can actually relax, it will go into my unconscious as a, valu- as, as a valuable nugget and will inform when I do create. Yeah. And that changed a lot of shit for me. Yeah. Yeah. I... I definitely got to try that a bit more. I think I, as I always do that thing of going, look, when I do this thing, I'm waiting for a time that I can quote relax or enjoy myself. You know what I mean? Going, you know, and it just yeah. never comes. You know, it, it just never. Because do you have a writing room? Do you have a little place where you go to to work? I do. Yeah, I have a space, and I try to keep. I've, I remember reading a thing about trying to keep your workspace a workspace, and if you're getting distracted mm-hmm. and you want to do something else, like go on like Netflix or, or go on a YouTube watch stupid videos on youtube or something get up and out of the room and do it elsewhere yes. if that makes sense i, I have heard time. that that helps um yeah it does um, um one other thing as well just to top it off uh, and it's just a piece of a piece of advice mm-hmm. around around reviews because yeah. like yourself if i see a negative review the problem isn't i'm a big boy so i can deal with the heart of it and i can walk away from that but <laughs> what i what i can't allow is for that heart to internalize to a point whereby when I start to create, I'm now afraid. Yeah. If I am sitting in front of a blank page and what I'm thinking about is a review I got six months ago that's negative, mm-hmm. forget about it. I'm not writing. And if I do write, it's going to be shit because I'm not coming from the inside of my, my, my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I do, which really, really helps with this, okay? Mm-hmm. Think of, I don't know, a, an album that you adore, a Tom Waits album, a Randy Newman album, mm-hmm. and then seek out the bad reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Read the bad review of a piece of someone else's work that you adore, and when you do it, you're able to look at that review, yeah, and go, I don't give a fuck what this person says. Yeah. I don't give a shit because it's not your own work. Yeah, yeah, true. And it's, and it li- it's put, such yeah. a liberating feeling. It really puts perspective on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, actually. Kind of lose lose the power of it a, a wee bit, you know. Oh yeah, all the power is gone out the window. It's just one person there is a reviewer and their name is Donald and they don't like what I'm doing and that's fine because someone else does and I'm always I'm always really touched by um when you if meeting people after shows or let's say somebody who just listens to to music because they fucking love music and they go to shows because they just fucking love it and want it and there's a great there's a great free there's a great freedom in that there's a great freedom in just in just liking something and, and um mm-hmm. enjoying it for for what that is sim- sim- similar to what you were saying early on which um for, for me uh if a, a piece any piece of work 
that makes me want to go and create. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm chasing in other people's work. If I hear something, yeah, like when I when I first heard "Take Me to Church," man, I wanted the right songs for six months. Ah, man. honest to God, no, genuinely, because it was just, it just knocked me off my chair. Actually, here's one question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take me to church when it. I remember watching that when it had five thousand views. Yeah, yeah. And it was quiet for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember, and you know, you were saying earlier when you were like, um, you know, when you were in school and you had Son House and Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. and you had almost protected them as here's this little jewel now, and I only I know about it. Yeah, yeah. I was like that would take me to church for like a month. Ah, stop, really? Yeah, I was like fucking hell. No one knows about this now. <laughs> mad. Yeah. You know, the hipster in me. Yeah. And yeah. then it just fucking exploded. What the fuck was that? How? How? Because I couldn't understand it. I was literally. It was the song I was sending to everyone I know. Yeah. And I was like, "How the fuck does this song only have X amount of views? Why the fuck isn't this on the radio?" Yeah. Because I could hear it. It's just. A, it's a great song. What the fuck? How did that happen? It, how did it go quiet and then just exploded? It was. So it was quiet for a while. We actually was free on Bandcamp, or I think it was up. To, yeah, it was free. You could just download it or kind of give what you give give what you what you like. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? So then it, it it eased forward. The I think the music video caught caught and that was directed by Brendan County and, and Conal Thompson of a group called Feel Good Lost based mm-hmm. in Cork. They did that that kind of um, that music video. I remember it went viral on Reddit. This was also a time when there was less avenues of things kind of going viral as there are yeah, now, you know. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah. So it went to kind of hit the front page of Reddit. Then it's the the music video itself got got loads of um hits on YouTube. The song then started taking off in like I remember it getting getting So it even, was organic, but it was just late. It just was late, yeah, cuz it had it had yeah. been sitting, it just hadn't been it hadn't been seen. It it was started then I remember getting emails from my manager being look at this hat you're being shazammed on alabama mountain radio so one of the first wow. radio stations that played me in america was was alabama mountain radio which i didn't know of course existed and um mm-hmm. and soon after then you're kind of talking with guys and um i don't know yeah it just it just it just started to pick up momentum the, th- the thing is about marketing something in america is it takes about they they work a single for you know months and months you know it could take take months of promotion and let's say they they release mm-hmm. it and it might be six months later a year later that it's actually gained its its full steam and that it's if it's if it's to pick up in the charts as it were not maybe not so with 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 superstars who are you know have who are already household names and are dropping them mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. In, um to to a fan base but kind of building something like that takes a long long time in america so um uh but yeah i do remember but i do remember certain there were certain moments that would give it a, a jolt forward there was an itunes campaign or uh which lebron james was involved in which gave it another massive jolt forward of just exposure yeah. i and i would say it is weird because i remember being like for a moment for a for a hot minute for a very short time it was kind of like geez who's this kind of unknown wicklow guy who's mm-hmm. making music that does that just sounds a little bit out of left field and for one moment you're um you're kind of this as you say this kind of unknown like little hips like hipster oddity of like have you heard of this guy and then the yeah. next moment you're ubiquitous and it's it's an odd yes. sort of, it's an odd sort of um you go from being hyper cool to just super hyper uncool uh, yeah you know um and I hope to God every every hipster out there experiences that pain because it'll mean you've you've fucking maybe you know well you see I was old enough as a hipster 
to consciously not allow myself to do that. Right. Because right. had I been younger, I'd have been like, Hosier's class. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like being played inside in Centra. Yeah. And then if I was younger, I'd go, don't like that anymore. Yeah. yeah. But I was older, yeah. so I was like, no, 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 no. That's my insecurity. The song is fucking good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, I, I, but I still I, I can't escape that hipster part of myself. I can't escape it. Yeah. The part of myself. It's. It's. I think if you really love art, mm-hmm. you you want to be. It's like it's 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 like divining the water. You want you want to find the fucking spring that no one knows about. You want to have this to yourself. Yeah. I. And like. Yeah. Totally. And it is. It's a weird feeling from from my like for being being that artist that could, that that. But I was like so blessed, and when I I, I do jokingly say I hope artists out there experience what what that's like and, and the decisions that you make when your music is being mm-hmm. discovered by people and stuff that you as a teenager would have thought oh that's that's the uncool thing to do you're just mm-hmm. doing that for success but at the same time it's like you know if you believe in your work you want you want to you want to you want to uh, you want the best for it etc some some artists get that success and then they go fuck that and they try and do the exact opposite mm-hmm. now sometimes it works like in utero for nirvana mm-hmm. like in utero was nirvana going i hate this fame let's destroy it yeah but then other times i i don't i won't mention any names because it's not fair but there are artists who got huge mm-hmm. and then they're like fuck this i need to do something completely different and it did not work in their favor commercially yeah yeah it's it's tough and it's look even whether making it the first time around or trying to trying to hang it hang in there and and look it's it's a really it's a it can be a fickle business it could be it can be it could be tough you know i i've been blessed so far and and um i think just i was going to say on on the point of what you were saying of that that thing of where people let go of work or turn against work because now mm-hmm. it's 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 known and it's it's um it's known by other people and it's enjoyed mm-hmm. by more people than yourself and, and it's no longer mm-hmm. this secret thing. Uh, it's a, it, it is a really interesting thing and it, it's something that obviously we, we find as an element. So not like we've all been that kid. We've all been that person. Yeah. We find it synonymous with hipsters. Oh, that's that's cool. Therefore, I must. I, I, you I, don't I, want to be doing a past 25. Yeah, and, and doing and, and doing that, doing doing that type thing. But if if it's funny because it's like, how, how are we viewing? What does that say about how we view art? How we view somebody else's art as as an accessory to your, you know, there you, go. you know, as an yeah, exactly as as an accessory or a fashion statement that you carry around with you, as opposed to something that you that you that you it, that truly enriches you or or that you that you admire or or that brings fulfill some sense of of joy or fulfillment to your, to your life. It's it's something like, that you you wear like a hat on your head. Um, if I was nineteen and someone. If I was at a party and someone spoke shit about uh, Tom Waits, I would experience it as a deep hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I, I, I used to think I love Tom Waits so much. And now, being an older person, I realise, no, 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 no. My, I, I had attached my identity and self-esteem into being someone who likes Tom Waits and everything around that. Mm-hmm. And I've now worked really hard on not being that person because I... I like I, I self-identify as a hipster in that I say, yes, I do search for things mm-hmm. that are authentic, rare. I love that. That's very, very healthy. Mm-hmm. What I won't do is be elitist about it. Uh, consider myself better than other people because I know this music and they don't. That's the stuff that's toxic. Mm-hmm. But it's still okay to be like, I fucking love art mm-hmm. and I love finding the thing. It's very enjoyable to find a piece of music or a piece of work 
that your friends don't know and then you share it with them. I love being that person. How could you not? 100%. And Giving it, people gifts. You know, I'm, I, yeah, and that, that feeling of exploration... Um, in, yeah, that's it's you know it's uncharted ground for yourself. Like diving into, I remember you were sharing links on Italian disco a little while ago. Stuff, yeah. stuff like that, or or be it like, um, you know, like I'm just trying to think of examples. So let's say you get into like music from Mali or something like that. It, there's yes. this feeling of you know you've cut you've cut out from from a, from a from a path, and there's also an element of your own creative process is goes into the discovering of this work and the experiencing and processing and interpreting of this work so it, it's something that you feel it, it that you are taking an active role in it's not just and maybe that's why like it's it, it's an enriching experience it's not just sitting and this is what the radio is telling it's you it's active listen to. listening yeah it's really active like i did a podcast recently on uh, have you heard of cape verde music cape for no so it's it's so it's 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 an island off West Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And in the seventies, they came out with this mad synth music that was unlike anything anyone had ever heard, because there was an expo of synthesizers in Brazil. So this ship full of synths was heading for Brazil, but it got lost at sea, and the crew abandoned it. So this entire ship full of like Moogs and Yamaha CS80s Amazing. and all these incredible synths shipwrecked on this. African island Amazing And The the leader of the country At the time Was like a socialist So he said I'm taking all these synths And we're We're claiming them For the country And we're putting them Into every school mm-hmm. And You ended up with The folk music Of the people Of Cape Verde Doing it with synths And you just have this music That's like There's nothing like it How could there be Anything like it Yeah they, They'd never heard a synth They had to figure out How to use it How to, how to program it Yeah Amazing. Like I love finding that shit out. I love that. Totally. I fucking it takes every single every single bone in my body that loves music. I adore that, yeah. and I love the narrative of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And the story behind that, and then also that what you're gonna get is a product that is completely un, unlike you know you know completely unlike that of any other any other and community or, or culture that's gonna pro exactly. that's gonna work with those tools and create. You know, you're gonna end up with sounds and music and and storytelling, which is just to- totally different. You know, from and if you love music, that shit's fascinating. Yeah, hundred percent. And hundred percent. My job is to just not use that as a stick. In, in, if I say to someone, "Have you heard Cape Verde music?" <laughs> yeah. and then they go, "No," and I go, "You haven't heard Cape Verde yeah, yeah, synth yeah. music." And look, we all do. Get we all the- do that stuff. Be it like you know, we do. I try not to though. Yeah. I try. I try and I, I go. Oh, you haven't heard it. Let me show you. Let me give you a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then I'm then I'm I'm doing responsible hipsterism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna leave you. Empathetic hipsterism. I'm gonna leave you going now because I've I've got a lump of bacon outside on the boil, which is uh, is threatening to burn. Right. Yeah. L- um. Oh yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that chat. That was fucking fantastic. No, thank you. Thank you. It was great. Really great crack. I'm um delighted to to get to sit down and have a have a chat with you. Um, nice one. Yeah. So there you have it. What a lovely chat there with Hosier. What a lovely human being. That was an absolute pleasure for me to do. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We could have chatted for longer. I'd have, I'd have literally burnt my dinner. I'd have literally burnt my dinner. The I didn't. I put in. I didn't put enough. No, I put in just enough water in the pot with the bacon. Just enough, but it was down to the end, and I could smell it. I could smell it through the door of the studio, and I was like, "Fuck this, man! I'm not having a house full of." burning you know you don't want to burn the bottom of a pot so what a great chat what a fantastic fucking chat um i'm gonna catch you next week if uh what me and hosier spoke about 
on the second part about direct provision. If you want to learn about direct provision, a good charitable organisation that's trying to end direct provision is, is Massey. Massey.ie. M-A-S-I.ie. Also, if you want to listen to one of my earlier podcasts, I speak to an activist called Eli Kiziombe, who is an Irish activist who is has actually lived in direct provision. So you can hear about direct provision from her lived experience. I believe actually Ellie is one of the activists that appears in Hosier's video for Nina Cry's power. All right, I'll catch you next week. Yart. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 